You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 79, featuring special guest Dr. Bill Crawford, licensed psychologist and author. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Vera, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Stuck at home in quarantine mode? Yeah, same here. But you can get ahead of the game right now by checking out my ebook, Marketing 101 for Actors An Actor's Guide to Successful Branding. I'm taking you step by step through the most important marketing strategies and branding techniques you need in order to succeed as an actor in 2020. I'm talking headshots, resumes, postcards, audition material, websites, and of course, social media. Go to actoraesthetic.com forward slash marketing to grab your copy today. Hi, friends. It's Maggie. Listen, I hope you're hanging in there. I know that we're going through a very stressful time right now. But you are in for a treat because I have a wonderful episode for you ahead. Today's episode features special guest Dr. Bill Crawford. He's a licensed psychologist author of eight books, an organizational consultant, and holds a doctorate in psychology from the University of Houston. Bill and I met a couple years back when I was studying musical theater at Texas State University. He gave a workshop to the performing arts students at the school on his philosophy on freeing the artistic mind while living from the top of the mind, which he will describe in detail later in the episode. For those of you who are feeling lost right now, maybe you're feeling pressured to create, or maybe you have no idea how you're going to make ends meet next month due to the financial crisis that we're dealing with. Maybe you're out of work or out of school. This episode is for you. So if you want, take out a pen and notepad. Maybe you can just take out the notes section on your iPhone and really listen to what Bill has to say. Some of this stuff, man, is just top-notch and super timely for helping you through the stress and anxiety that the COVID-19 outbreak has created, especially for artists. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Thank you, Dr. Crawford, so much for joining us today on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Where are you currently at the moment? Are you in Texas? I'm in Houston, Texas. You're in Houston, Texas. We met years and years ago when I went to Texas State, but you were giving a workshop. Yeah, and it was really funny because, as you may remember, my son Nick was in the (laughs) acting program there. Mm -hmm. And so since I go around the country, that's kind of what I do. I go around the country sharing information on dealing with stress, anxiety, things like that. Um, I watched Nick go through the process of Unifieds in Chicago and getting into a school, oh, and I could just see how stressful <laughs> that was. So I called up Laura Lane, the head of the department, and said, hey, you know, this is what I do. I would love to come and do it for your kids if you feel that would be helpful. She went, yes, please. We're very stressed here. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> so 
I went thinking it was basically just going to be me doing my thing. And mm -hmm. there you were about a hundred of you in, in the room there. And I did my thing. And you guys were just so gracious in your, in your appreciation and your response mm -hmm. to the material, which for a speaker, that is just one of the beautiful things is when you get that kind of response. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin, Caitlin Hopkins loved this. Caitlin's very well connected all around the world, as she you know. She sure is. <laughs> so she got on the phone, got on the email, said, oh my God, you got to have this guy. Mm -hmm. So as a result of your enthusiasm and her connecting with her colleagues, I got to do this at Carnegie Mellon and Elon and Ryder and Shenandoah and just all over the country, which was, was wonderful. You guys are my favorite audiences. If I could just do this for you guys for the rest of my career, I would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, because and we'd be so, so grateful. <laughs> you are well, so appreciative and you're dramatic in your appreciation, you know, which I love. <laughs> so as a result of doing this, I took my book, Life from the Top of the Mind, which is my philosophy on how to shift to the top of the mind, how to stay there, how to get other people to get there. I took the life from the top of the mind philosophy and rewrote it called Freeing the Artistic Mind. And that is something that you can get on Amazon. Uh, you can get it as an ebook from my website. And it basically looks at what it's like to be a performing artist, especially in school, but also I think people have found this to be valuable afterwards as well. Mm -hmm. The auditions, the ambiguity, the fact that you got to be vulnerable, the fact that so much of what you do is kind of dependent on people seeing your worth and seeing your value and choosing you for something. And that, that puts a stress and, and, a, and an anxiety on just life in general. And now, given that we're dealing with this all Corona crap stuff and everybody's <laughs> finding themselves kind of at their wits end, yeah. I'm hoping that our talk today can kind of help folks and give them some tools and some new ways of thinking about this. Sure. Can you break down your philosophy of the life from the top of the mind? Yes. So basically what I like to do is give people new information on what I call the what, the why, and the how. So there's a quote that I use from Albert Einstein's, one of my favorite quotes, it says, problems cannot be solved at the same level of awareness that created them. Mm -hmm. So I like to make sure I help people raise their level of awareness of what's happening, why it's happening, and some real concrete tools for how they can become more influential in their experience. So the what has to do with the fact that we are being triggered by external events. The coronavirus, being out of work, uh, all the ambiguity, all of that is very understandable. And that, very, that triggers stress, anxiety, frustration. That in and of itself, I don't think is the problem. Because if we just got, could get triggered and all of a sudden could shift out of that stress, anxiety, frustration to clarity, confidence, and creativity, then being triggered every once in a while wouldn't be that big of a deal. But what happens is when we get triggered because we don't like stress, anxiety, frustration, we go over and try to change whatever triggered us. But when we're dealing with something we can't change, like the coronavirus or being out of work or all of that, all of a sudden we become more, feel more powerless, uh, more frustrated, which triggers a whole another reaction. This reaction is more powerful because it has that sense of frustration to it. We try to still change what didn't, we didn't like it, triggered it, and we find ourselves caught in a cycle. But in my humble opinion, if we can look at the cycle as the what, it's not that just we're being triggered. It's the cycle that's what's really causing the problem because we get trapped in there. Let's look at the why. When I was getting my PhD, I was a big fan of why. And so I wanted to know why this happened and why that happened and why we react that way. And I noticed that everybody was getting caught in this cycle. 
So I went from the College of Psychology to the College of Biology, and I took a course called The Biological Basis of Behavior. And in it, I learned that everything we think and feel and do and say, how we react to others, how others react to us, how we react to the world, all has to do with how the brain processes information. So I spent the last 30 years of my life creating a system, a philosophy, a framework that actually shows people how to access their best by accessing a specific part of the brain. And how to avoid the stress, frustration, anxiety, the stuff that gets in the way of our clarity, confidence, and creativity by avoiding a specific part of the brain. And I've created a model that actually spells brain, because I like my models to remind people. It's all about shifting from the stressed brain to the clear, confident, creative brain. Would you like me to go through that? Absolutely. All right. So the first part of the model, the B in the brain model, is breathing. Now, I know some people say, oh, Bill. Don't tell me to take a deep breath. I hate it when someone tells me that because it doesn't change anything. Well, of course, it doesn't change anything out there, but here's what we're wanting to do. we got these three parts of the brain. Lower part of the brain is called the brainstem. This is the part of the brain that goes down your neck. Upper 80% of the brain, the part that's underneath our hair, really, mm -hmm. is the neocortex. I call that the top of the mind. The middle part of the brain is called the limbic system. It's the part right between the ears. And its mission on the planet is to keep us alive and safe as a species. So it has a tendency to kind of scan the environment and interpret anything negative as dangerous and throws us into the part of the brain that's designed to deal with danger, which is the brainstem. Mm -hmm. Now, in a truly immediately dangerous situation when we need to react without thinking in order to be safe, somebody slams on their brakes in front of us, somebody jumps out of the bushes, that's a perfect response. That's what it's all about. But when we're dealing with things we really can't change, and it isn't an immediate danger, it's not something we need to react without thinking. Matter of fact, we need our best thoughts and emotions and clarity, confidence, creativity to deal with this. We can't be being thrown into that lower brain and expect really to be able to deal with it successfully. So what we want to do is have this upper 80% of the brain, the top of the mind, regain control from the lower brain. So the first thing we want to do is regain control, especially if we're feeling out of control, which most people are during this time. So we got to recognize the brain normally controls breathing. The lower brain normally controls breathing. The brainstem normally controls breathing. So when we breathe on purpose, slowly counting while we're doing it, we're actually having the upper 80% of the brain literally regaining control by taking over a function normally controlled by the lower 20% of the brain. I encourage people to use what I call the 444 method. It's what the Navy SEALs use to regain mm. control. Good enough for them, good enough for me. Sure. It's real easy. You just inhale for a count of four, hold it for a count of four, release it for a count of four. That has us breathing slowly and deeply and purposefully, and we're counting. There's only one part of the brain that can count. If you ever find yourself dealing with someone who's having a panic attack or an anxiety attack, or if you're having one yourself, mm -hmm. what you want to do is do the breathing and the counting, because what it does, it really requires this upper 80% of the brain to literally regain control from the panicky part of the brain. Mm -hmm. So once we're doing the breathing, now what we want to do is add one more step to that to make this first two steps more powerful. Most people talk about feeling tense when they're dealing with stress or anxiety or frustration. And that's a literal tenseness in the muscles, maybe in the back of the neck. Some people get tension headaches. So what we want to do is have this upper 80% of the brain take over that 
process of tension. And so what I encourage people to do is on the exhale, actually say the word relax. Mm. Now, it can't be relax, just, just relax. You got to relax. Now it's got to be relax. Mm. So it looks like this. It goes. It's an inhale. Hold it. Exhale. Relax. And let those shoulders drop when you say that. Kind of you feel that kind of just relaxing thing. Now, you want to do that maybe more than once, because it may take more than once to kind of make sure that happens. But here's what's going on. The reason this is effective is that you're basically having this upper 80% of the brain literally taking over two functions normally controlled by the lower 20% of the brain. So that's the B and the R in the brain model. The A is all about asking questions. See, I think we've got to be careful about the kind of questions we're asking ourselves when we're stuck in the lower brain. I call them BS or brainstem questions. Like, <laughs> oh man, what is wrong with me? I should be handling this better. How come nobody likes me? How come no one's calling me? When is this going to end? Those are all understandable, but those are brainstem questions. Mm -hmm. They're questions about the problem in the past or even the future, and they will throw us into the part of the brain that's designed to deal with pain and problems. So what we want to do is ask what I call top of the mind or neocortex questions. And I've got four of them that I encourage people to use when they are wanting four questions that can bring some clarity about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is ask what I call more purposeful questions. Okay. Like number one, am I feeling stressed, angry, frustrated on purpose? Well, no, it's not working for me. You know, is this helping me create the life I want? Is it helping anyway? No. Is this defining me the way I want to be defined? Do I really want to make this, this a statement I want to make about who I am? No. And I love the fourth one. Would I teach or recommend this reaction to someone I love? Hmm. So what we're doing now is we're asking top of the mind questions. These are questions designed to give you clarity about our stress, our frustration, our anxiety. Because chances are we're not doing it on purpose. It's not working for us. It's not how you want to be defined. And no, we would never teach or recommend this to someone I love. Right. So then we've got clarity about what we don't want. We use those same questions to get clear about what we do want. Okay. If I were dealing with this situation right here, right now, the coronavirus, I'm out of work. It's, it's not a good situation, but if I were choosing the quality or characteristic in a way that's more purposeful, in a way that I believe would help me be more effective in life, in a way that does make the statement I want to make about who I am, and in a way I would teach to someone I love, what would that be? So people say, okay, clear, confident, creative, happy, calm, more peace of mind, um, that kind of stuff but you're coming up with top of the mind qualities. See, these are not stress, anxious, frustrated because we don't choose those on purpose. So right. when you start choosing them on purpose, we're choosing and coming from this purposeful brain. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so what if I were being calm and confident right now? What would that look like? So you start imagining being the way you've chosen to be. And the cool thing about being a performer is you guys are great at imagination. That's your superpower. <laughs> Amen. Now, 
we got to be a little bit careful because sometimes it can work against us. Yes, I've got can. a YouTube video called, talked about hijacking our imagination. So we don't want this mm -hmm. lower brain and the limbic system to hijack the imagination. But if you start asking yourself, okay, who am I when I'm calm and confident? If I were about to step on stage and, and embody a character that is calm and confident, what would my voice be like? What would my, what would my body language, how would mm. I feel in that process? Because the brain doesn't know the difference between a real and an imagined event. So that's why when I was doing the thing at Texas State, I encouraged people to imagine biting into a lemon. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. And everybody in the room was going, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and of course, there was no lemon. And we knew there was no lemon. But the body and the brain react to any image we hold in our mind. Yes. So if you will imagine being calm and confident or kind and, and creative, whatever it is you want to be, that actually triggers serotonin and endorphin. It actually changes the chemical makeup of your brain and body, mm. which, by the way, strengthens your immune system. One of the challenges of cortisol, which is one of the stress hormones, mm -hmm. is because it thinks we're in a fight or flight situation, it shuts down all non-essential systems like immune system and digestive system. That's why we have mm. problems with stomach problems when we get stressed. So when we're in this upper 80% of the brain and we're triggering serotonin, I mean, yeah, serotonin and endorphins, that allows our, our immune system work as it, at its strongest, which obviously is what everybody wants during this yeah. time. <laughs> uh -huh. So you breathe, you relax, you ask those questions. And by the way, if you just want to ask the question, how would I rather be feeling or what would I teach to someone I love? You want to make it simple. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You imagine being that way. And then the last step is to notice the change. Okay. I want you to notice how you feel differently at the end of the model than you did at the very beginning, because, mm -hmm. because each one of these steps are neocortex in nature. You will be feeling more calm, more confident, more in control. If you need to do the model again, just do the model again. But the model spells brain, breathe, B, R, relax, A, ask, I, imagine, in notice. What sort of changes should we expect to notice at the end of doing this? Yes. One of the things you want to notice is how do you feel when you are in the middle of this, when you are feeling yeah. anxious? What does that feel like? And, and so you want to get really clear about that. Because at the end of the model, you should feel significantly different. Yeah. You should feel more relaxed. You mm -hmm. should feel your, your heart is probably beating a little bit slower. You're probably breathing a little bit deeper. Your muscles have probably kind of relaxed a little bit. Yeah. And what that does is it kind of puts your entire body into a more relaxed position. By the way, the reason all this works is what's called the vagus nerve. There is a nerve that okay. goes from the brain down to the body and from the body back up to the brain. Hmm. So when the brain tells the lungs to breathe deeply and the relax, the body tells the brain to calm down and triggers that serotonin. So it's a kind of mm. a, a give and take. Give and take. There are so many unknowns right now and there's so much uncertainty. And I've noticed more and more of my fellow actors and classmates just becoming so overwhelmed by everything. It's almost as if COVID-19 has become this perfect storm. Yeah. What advice would you give to actors who even after this, mm -hmm. are still okay. feeling a little lost. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, number one, the reason you're feeling a little lost is because you're a little lost. Yeah. Okay? So, <laughs> we need to hear your, that. That's right. This is not your failure to cope. This is not what's sure, wrong with you. This is a natural, honestly. normal concept. 
And what I like to do is sometimes when I'm feeling lost or when I'm helping people, I like to separate out what is the worry and the stress and what's about grieving. Because mm. there's probably grieving a shattered dream that's going on. Yep. And, and, and grieving is not our failure to cope. It is a natural, normal, healthy process that allows us to let go of that shattered dream and create new dreams. Mm. So the first thing I would do is separate out what is what, what part of my feeling that's grieving, which is natural, normal, and healthy. And I want to sure. kind of let myself do that. And then what part is this stress and this anxiety and this lower brain triggering uh, things that don't really serve me? What I would encourage actors and, and, and people, artists to do is to recognize that our certainty doesn't lie in being chosen. Hmm. Our certainty lies in who we are and what we can bring to our art. Yes. And what we can bring to our art in the future is going to be exactly the same thing we could bring to our art in the past. Mm -hmm. So you want to think of a time when you were in it and you were in the flow and you were being who you are and you were lost in the moment. And that is who you are. That is the best of who you are. And that hasn't gone away. Just because you don't have a place to do it at the moment, which sucks, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but just because that doesn't mean that, that somehow you are diminished in any way. Right. The challenge of an artist is it's one thing to create art. It's another thing for people to want us to create art for them sure, and sure. pay us to do that, sure. right? So we got to recognize that we got to separate those out to some degree because one we can influence and control and the other we really can't, especially in this time. Mm. Stephen Covey talked about the difference between the circle of influence versus the circle of concern. Okay. And so when we're operating within the circle of influence, what I like to call our brain and our body and our, and our psyche and who we are, that's where we have more influence. When we get outside that circle of influence and we're operating in the circle of concern that we can't control, that's where things start to get stressed. Mm -hmm. So the sense of purpose is to recognize that this is a moment in time that is going to be time limited. We sure. wish it would be quicker, but it's going to be time limited. Mm -hmm. And all the things that worked for you before in your schooling and in your work and in your friends and in your family and in your connections, those are all going to be there afterwards. So you are not defined by the coronavirus. You're not defined by the fact that, that your job is, has been canceled. Mm -hmm. That's that external uh, circle of concern. You want to make sure you recognize that your sense of purpose and your sense of confidence really comes from knowing who you are, not just what you do. Actors have come to me and said that they're feeling a lot of pressure to create because mm -hmm. they are innately humans that yes. usually create and they're going to school to create and they're going to work normally to be artists. Mm -hmm. And so because of the coronavirus, they feel even though everything has stopped, they still have this pressure to create. But right. at what point do you think it's healthy and how can we continue to create in a healthy way? I love the word you use. You talked about the pressure to create, which yeah. I think is different than the love of creating. Exactly. The love of creating, it, there's no pressure in there. It's all about the joy of the creative process. When we start feeling pressure to create, that is the middle brain saying, mm -hmm. if you don't create, you have no worth or value. You don't even mm -hmm. belong on the, on the world, on the earth, you know? In other words, yeah. it starts defining who you are by what you create. 
And that will burn you out because that will throw you into the lower brain and you, you will feel that pressure to create. Sure. So you want to go back again and just remember what it feels like to create with joy versus pressure mm -hmm. and to recognize that while uh, creating is a wonderful experience, we can't do that 24 seven. You know, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm at home, I'm in the stay at home mode, <laughs> but I'm a person who goes out and speaks. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, that's almost like a performance for me, you know, and yeah. I love it. And I love the feedback and I love the things. Well, I don't get to do that now. So I'm kind of at home going, hey, anybody have any questions, <laughs> any, any problems you want to talk about? You know, matter of fact, I will do this for your audience. Sure. Um, if anybody wants to connect with me over FaceTime, whatever, um, I am available for free. So feel free. If you want to just go to my website, BillCrawfordPhD.com. You can email me from there. You can text me from there. My, my phone number's there as well. Thank you for offering that. Hey, my pleasure. You know, it's a gift. It's something I love to do and I love to help. So it won't just be me, you know, telling you how you're not doing it right, obviously. <laughs> uh, when, I'm, when I'm in my psychologist mode, I'm pretty good at listening and understanding. I, I am, however, very solution focused. Okay. So I'm going to be giving you information on the brain and what to do so that you can have something to do after that. Hey, the, the freeing the artistic mind, you know, one of the things that I've done with a lot of performers, they've come to me and work with me individually. And once I show them the model, then they take the book and they start working with the book and then they connect with me whenever they want to fine tune something or ask questions about it. And we kind of use the model in the book to kind of help them kind of That's get great. really good at this whole process. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you a little bit about financial stress right now mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. actors, mm -hmm. um, specifically because, as we mentioned earlier, we are, you know, there's just, <laughs> there's yep. nothing. There's, there's nothing. nothing. <laughs> and so because of that, we're having to pivot and we're having to use different, use different skills in our lives right now, just as we would if we were working a survival job. But at this point, it feels very fight or flight because yeah. everything is very immediate. So the first thing I think is to know is that while it feels like uh, an actor or a performer is in a really terrible position because of the job is ended, hmm. a lot of people's job is ended. Mm -hmm. and for some people, that won't be there afterwards. You know, in other words, they are so dependent on, on this happening and it may take a while for that to kind of gear up. So the good news about for a performer, you do bring your, your skill set right back to the, to the uh, new world when the new world kind of begins to come. So right. I think there's some optimism about that. Mm -hmm. Two, the idea of a survival job, again, is no, no, uh, that's, that's, you guys got that down. You could teach that at, at a local community college, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> it is. You know, you do that better than most. A lot of people mm. so define themselves by the fact that someone has hired them for something. And then when they, they, they're let go, they just don't know what to do. Well, you know, hey, the, 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 uh, the run ends, the tour ends, and I'm back to Starbucks or whatever it was. Sure, sure. So what you want to do is say, okay, this is just a time where my survival skills are going to be uh, really maxed out. And because I've been good at this before, I can be good at this during this time. I'm creative. I can find ways. I can move into it. I can minimize in, in expenses. I can do whatever it takes because I've already chosen a, a path and a career where I knew this was going to be a reality. Great so point. you may be even a little more prepared for that than a lot of people who have totally just been at work their, their entire life sure. and have no clue what to do when that, when that ends. 
So I think that's important to recognize as well. And you want to recognize it also, even though it feels like a fight or flight experience, it's really not a fight or flight experience because a fight or flight experience throws us into the fight or flight part of the brain. We get anxious, we get stressed, and we can't think straight and we can't be creative around finances. Um, one of those questions I love is, you know, if you were giving advice to someone you really cared for who was in this exact yeah. position, what would you recommend they do? So that you have a, what would I teach to someone I love? What would I recommend to someone I love? And when you're using love and nurturing as a way of accessing the best of who you are, that puts you in a, a better position to make use of the time, the skills, the situation. In regards to student actors, so there are a lot of students who are currently out of school yeah. and now they're having to move home to their families and they're in situations that are probably pretty high stress because not only are they having to take a lot of classes online for the first time, but they're, they may be in situations where their parents are also at home working. And so there's a lot going on. I mean, I certainly am. My whole family's at home and everyone's still working and everyone has to keep going. I think the challenge of moving back home, a lot of people say, boy, every time I go back home or for a family <laughs> reunion or something, like that I become this two-year-old three-year-old kid yeah. <laughs> and all of my frustration to don't talk to me you're not the boss of me starts to come out you know that is combined with the fact that parents love to parent sure parents love to give advice <laughs> parents love to be the ones in charge they've been in charge most of our life and they just love that role and they think oh my goodness you're back well let me tell you what you need to do and <laughs> what that can come across as is well, I am a grown person now I don't need you to cover this kind of stuff <laughs> so I think the challenge is to say okay if I'm going to move back home I want to move back home as an adult and not find myself falling back into those old childhood roles. Not only do they feel powerless, but there's probably a little bit of resentment there. Mm -hmm. And if we need to talk to our parents, say, hey, mom, dad, I know you love me, and I know you want to help me, and I know mm -hmm. you want to give me advice. One of the things that you've always told me and always taught me is how to stand on my own two feet. By the way, whether they have or not is not important. They'll think that's a good idea. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> it's a good idea. And so what I'd love to be able to do right now is to kind of be in this home kind of adult to adult so that we can support each other. Would that work for you? Would you be willing to say, so I bet the parents would go, oh yeah, that's, wait, well, that's a great idea. But it'll give the parents an opportunity to kind of step back from that. Let me tell you what you need to do. Out of love, by the way, they're doing it out of love. Yeah. But it can come across as I have no confidence that you know what to do. And it right. can come across as a little insulting, frankly. Sure. So I think what we've got to do is say, okay, I'm moving back home, but I'm not going to move back home as the person I was when I left. Hmm. I want to move back home as the person that I am and that I'm going to be. So I want to bring this sense of independence and this sense of confidence and this sense of uh, being responsible for my own thoughts and emotions mm -hmm. and really bring that into the home front and see if I can't create an adult to adult relationship with my parents. Because mm -hmm. if I can, that can serve us really well going forward because we're going to be adults to adults versus this parent child thing going forward. And it, and it could go a long way toward not only making home a better place to be, but a family a better place to be. Are there any other proactive ways for us to handle this overwhelming anxiety and stress of the current situation moving forward. Yeah. What I like to do is help people not only get to the top of the mind, but stay in the top of the mind. Mm. 
because actually when you are getting to the top of the mind and staying to the top of the mind, you're actually rewiring your brain. There's a concept called neuroplasticity. It means mm -hmm. the brain is always rewiring itself. So when we can practice this top of the mind perspective, it's not just, okay, I'm, I'm tricking myself into feeling better. We're creating new neural pathways going from the middle brain up into the upper 80% of the brain versus down to the lower brain. Mm -hmm. So here's what I encourage people to do to make that a, uh, a really powerful experience. Number one, don't wake up and get into the, the news and the, 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 how, how sucky the day is and you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Before you get out of bed, what I would encourage you to do is take a few deep breaths and ask yourself the question, what are the qualities and characteristics I want to bring to the morning? Hmm. If I were choosing qualities and characteristics just the morning, you know, if I'm going to take a shower, if I'm going to eat breakfast, if I'm going to interact with people, what, what does that look like? Who do I want to be? So that you go into the morning practicing being the way you want to be. Now, practicing doesn't mean we have to do it perfectly. We may find ourselves getting stressed and frustrated. If so, we do the brain model, we shift back up. Then around lunchtime, you want to what I call reboot. Okay. Reboot is where you stop, you take 15, 20, 30 seconds, a minute, it doesn't take that long, do the brain model, say a prayer, take a walk outside, uh, do some deep breathing, do something that creates a moment of serenity, moment of clarity, and ask yourself a question, what are the qualities and characteristics that I want to bring into the afternoon? I know some of the things I'm going to want to be doing, some of the people I'm going to be interacting with, who do I want to be? So you go into the afternoon clear about who you want to be and practicing being that way. Then around dinner time, you reboot and you ask yourself, what are the qualities and characteristics I want to bring into the evening? And so what you're doing is you're rebooting each time and you're going into each situation clear about who you want to be, practicing that. That is creating new neural pathways. If you will do this every day for two to four months, at the end of those two to four months, you will have rewired your brain and your brain will just do this habitually. That's really important to know because we know maybe someone had told us at one point or another in our lives that we should be doing this or at least waking up and not necessarily going straight to our phones or to the news. But it's so important to continue to do this throughout the day and yes. not just in the mornings, not just waking up and not going to your phone, but doing it throughout the day. Yeah. You don't have to do it all day long. I mean, you just do it for two or three hours, then yeah. you reboot and do it for two or three hours, then yeah. you reboot and then do it for two or three hours. So it's that, it's that rebooting, is that refocusing. And it's not about how you should be. It's about how you want to be. It's, it's who you are at your best, at mm. who you are when you're triggering that serotonin and endorphins, who you are when you're doing what you love and being the best of who you are. That's, it's that, it's that willingness to kind of so validate that and, and imagine that and immerse yourself in that, just like you were preparing for a part in, in, a, in a production, yeah. then, which again, you guys are great at. Mm -hmm. It's just that willingness to make that your highest purpose, make that the most important thing in your life. And the cool thing is after a while, it starts to becoming easier and easier and easier because of these new neural pathways. By the way, I do have a YouTube channel. It's got about 400 short videos on there. They're great. They're so them. excellent. Go oh, and watch you. them, please. Thank you. Matter of fact, the last three videos are kind of a trifecta of how to deal with the coronavirus. The first one is how to use, how to use awareness versus worry to stay safe. The second one is how to use neuroscience to strengthen your immune system. 
And the third one is called COVID-19, the what, the why, and the how. And I actually go through the brain model on this third one and show people how to use it to shift to the top of the mind. So there's tons of stuff in there. There's stuff on anxiety and stuff on, uh, you know, confidence and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Is there anything else you feel like is important to share right now during this time? Uh, gosh, just know that, again, our stress, our anxiety, our frustration, our annoyance, our depression isn't yeah. our failure to cope. It's not what's wrong with us, and it's not a sign of the reality of the times. It's data being sent to the wrong part of the brain. Hmm. Separate the grieving from the worry. Give yourself permission to grieve a shattered dream, and then don't get caught in that cycle of worry, mm -hmm. knowing that it's really all about triggering certain chemicals in the brain. You know, there was a person at Texas State that said, it's all a science. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> I love when you said that. Fantastic, it was me. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I've got this, I've got a, a page on, um, on, the, on the website that's all about, well, you know, what people have said about this stuff. Yeah. So um, if the book is a book, something that you want to get, you can, you can get a PDF of it for 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to get the book, it's on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Um, again, if you want to connect with me, feel free. You just want to be as proactive as possible. Do what you would recommend to someone you love and know it's all about what part of the brain I'm in. That's my favorite part though. Do what you would recommend to someone else that you love. Yeah. I think a lot of artists can relate to that. And I, it's also very assuring to know that in fact, artists are resilient and, and we do have a lot of the coping mechanisms already to deal with something like this. So we are in a way already ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of recognizing that. Recognizing, drawing upon it, validating it, feeling good about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Crawford, for saying what you had to say today and for sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. As I mentioned earlier that you gave me a chance to do what I love. So thank Aww, you. For thanks so much. Chat soon. Okay. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.